This episode of Project Daily Pages is brought to you by Liz Rapp's Project Daily Pages Habit Planner, a self-paced guide to implementing Liz's five steps for a successful recovery. Learn more at www.projectdailypages.org slash habit planner. Welcome to the Project Daily Pages podcast. Project Daily Pages provides life skills training, daily planners, and journals specifically designed for those living with mental illness. These skill and tools were developed by the organization's founder, Liz Rapp, as she struggled to hold a job, raise a family, go to school, and run a small business, all while living with schizoaffective disorder. Using these methods, Liz has remained stable, successful, relatively symptom-free, and out of the hospital for many years. Now, we want to give back to the mental health community and teach these valuable skills to others going through similar struggles. Our vision is a world in which people with mental illness use innovative and effective life skills tools to live successfully to the best of their ability. Please join us now as we discuss Liz's five steps to successfully living in recovery with mental illness. I'm Liz Rapp. And I'm Dan Rapp. And this is the Project Daily Pages podcast, where we talk about how to live in recovery with mental illness. In this episode, we'll be talking about step two in Liz's five steps for a successful recovery. Before we jump into step two, let's recap last week's episode. Last week, we kicked off the series on the five steps with step number one, taking medications as prescribed. We discussed my early struggles with taking my meds and how I discovered the benefits for myself of taking my meds on time every day. And we also talked about some statistics around medication compliance and how rampant non-compliance has a significant negative effect on medical outcomes for both mental health medications and others. And finally, we went over the five tips for taking your meds as prescribed, including a few bonus tips. So this week's topic is another one that you discovered through trial and error. Uh, So help us understand what is step two and why do you think it is so important. So step number two is following a healthy sleep-wake schedule. I believe people don't get enough sleep. The National Sleep Foundation says that adults between the ages of 18 and 64 need about seven to nine hours of sleep per night. And according to the CDC, about 35% of all adults get less than seven hours of sleep a night. This is correlated to an increase in many chronic health conditions, including heart disease, stroke, cancer, diabetes, and depression. So I found that pretty astounding. Before we did research for this podcast, uh, I had an understanding that good sleep was good for you, but I didn't really understand how bad bad sleep is for you for all of these conditions. So let's talk about other mental illnesses besides depression. Can you help us understand uh, your experience from someone with schizoaffective disorder? Yeah, so as someone with schizoaffective disorder, I struggled very much with my sleep patterns. Um, My illness kind of exasperated or exacerbated my poor sleep patterns, which kind of in turn made my symptoms even worse. I wasn't getting enough sleep, um, you know, on the days that I was kind of manic or weeks that I was manic. Like how and much then, how much were you sleeping every day? So I was yeah. sleeping about maybe when I was manic about two to three hours a night, mm-hmm. if that. Um, and, and that was due to like insomnia. You were trying to sleep, yeah, but you couldn't. Yeah, I was, I was kind of trying to sleep, and I was I couldn't fall asleep, and you know, and and I was also. Um, 
I know you and I had talked about it before where I was ruminating about things. Mm, I had, on top of, you know, having this schizoaffective disorder, I had anxiety and and all of that. So, like, racing Um, thoughts all, you know, through your heads. Yes, racing thoughts through my heads. Um, And um, also, you know, I think the hallucinations and delusions were um, kind of more at that point, Mm -hmm. especially my delusions um, were kind of getting the best of me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, at that point. Yeah. Um, so you would go you would go for, for you know days or, or weeks with mania, right? And yeah, then and then yeah. you would you would so you you would be like frantic for, for, for you know mm-hmm. days or weeks and then and then what happened? And then I would crash really hard. Yeah. And then I would be depressed for days or weeks mm-hmm. where I was getting too much sleep or hypersomnia. You know, I was sleeping, you know, probably 16 hours a day, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that made me not be able to take care of my kids and not be able to take care of any of my daily living routines that I needed to, you know, I was falling asleep at, you know, six o'clock at night or seven o'clock at night and waking up at, you know, maybe, you know, seven, eight in the morning, but then taking a huge nap in the afternoon, um, when my kids took naps and you know it was just terrible yeah at that point yeah and then um so so it sounds like your experience is that not only did you did your sleep patterns affect your mental illness but your mental illness affected your sleep pattern so it was like a it's kind of a a vicious cycle yeah it was exactly and my experience was is fairly common among people with mental illness Um, A great quote from the Harvard Medical School is, chronic sleep patterns affect 50 to 80% of patients in a typical psychiatric setting compared with 10 to 18% of adults in the general U.S. population. Sleep problems are particularly common in patients with anxiety, depression, bipolar disorder, and attention deficit hyperactivity disorder or ADHD. Yeah, that, that's pretty spectacular. I mean, the, the difference between uh, the uh, sleep people with with mental illness uh, and the sleep problems, all the way up to you know fifty to eighty percent, compared with you know ten to eighteen percent. Yeah, I mean that's significant. It is very significant. Yeah. Um, so and and we know this now, um, but uh, you know we've done research on it and and you know and and have learned um, some of these statistics, but we didn't really know this you know back then, right? When we no, were when we uh, first started. When we first started, and yeah. so how did you discover this for yourself? What were you know what? How did you go from you know these 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 wild swings of of you know uh, only sleeping two or three hours a day to sleeping you know more you know fourteen hours or more a day and you know and, and now you're pretty stable. I mean you're you're almost you know you sleep very regularly and and you sleep you know you go to bed at the same time, wake up at the same time, sleep have a have a yeah. pretty regular sleep pattern. How, how did how did that transition occur? So I didn't discover it right away. Um, even though I was taking my meds, um, I was still not sleeping well. Um, I figured this out once again, and we talked about this in episode one, on my weight loss journey. Um, I needed to start going to bed early to keep... I didn't need to, but I started going to bed early because around 8, 30, 9 o'clock at night, I was snacking. Um, and like I said before, that is not great for when you're on a weight loss program or trying to eat healthy. Um, and, um, I started kind of going to bed early because I was snacking. 
Um, it caused me to then wake up early. Um, so a normal kind of sleep duration of, you know, nine to like seven. Um, yeah. So, and that's about a typical seven hour. Yeah. It was about seven to eight hours. So that was typical of at that, you know. And and I think too, it wasn't just the, um, you know, so the going to bed, you know, at nine o'clock every night, prompted by you know your desire not to snack, right? So mm-hmm, it was, it was mm-hmm. kind of a defense mechanism for your you know yeah, your, your weight yeah, loss definitely. was uh, to go to bed at that time. But I think that also um, created a regularity, right? So mm-hmm. it was yeah, you know, it created you, a routine, a routine, it created a routine. Yeah, yeah. sure, created a routine around that. Um, you know, I worked with my doctor kind of to adjust my meds to my sleep schedule at that point. Because um, your, your pills make you sleepy, right? Because some of your pill yeah, medications... Yeah, some of my medications made me very sleepy, and they still do. Um, so I take the majority of them at night. Um, and um, some of the meds... Uh, well, the ones that I take twice a day, I take a lower dose in the morning, which keeps me... And and a higher dose at night, obviously, um, and then this keeps me mentally stable, but allows me to kind of sleep at night and stay awake during the day and and all of that. Yeah. So so basically, you had uh, you know you had your from a a clinical standpoint, um, you know you have to not you have to uh, you have you need a a consistent. Um, medication on a daily basis but working with your doctor uh that that medication does not have to be divided evenly between your morning and and nighttime doses so so that was no. so yeah so so i think i and i remember this i remember the you know kind of when we i guess figured this out right mm-hmm. and we um you know your, your medications which was one of the the things we talked about last episode was how your your uh you know it was your medications the way they made you feel um, was a ne- you know it was a, a, a deterrent right, right for you taking your yeah. medications. It was so, a definite deterrent. Yeah, because I was just because you felt because it made I you feel sleepy all day felt and groggy and loopy and just didn't want to take them. So I so I think with that with, at that point we were working with your 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 doctor mm-hmm. right your uh, psychiatrist to um, uh, to not only and I and I I feel like it was almost more about you know not making you not feel as sleepy during the day as it was, um, you know, kind of back at, you know, loading them, loading more of your meds at night, mm-hmm. um, which then helped you sleep, right? So yes. it kind of, you know, yes. so, it, so it had a double, that double effect. It helped you sleep at night, but then also, you yeah. know, didn't affect you nearly as much in the morning, but still gave you kind of that regularity of the dosage. Uh-huh. Um, and because and one of the things I think we find with these meds is they, um, too is it, it and we, as we talked about last episode, the regularity of taking your meds um, is is kind of a, a regularity over many days. So if you like miss one dose, it's not so bad. If you miss many doses, then you know mm-hmm. then, then it mm-hmm. takes a long time to catch back up. Yeah, yeah. So you you did take some sleep aids too, right? And early on, at yeah. least um, you were. You I were, did. So tell yeah, talk about that a little bit. First, I was taking sleep aids. Um, you know, I was taking something. Um, because I had insomnia, you know, because I wasn't sleeping. I was very manic at the time that I first started um, my, well, when I first went into the hospital and all that. So they gave me sleep aids to help me sleep. Then um, 
as I progressed kind of with my sleep habits and was sleeping more regularly, we reduced them so that, um, you know, I wasn't then sleeping all day because that was, a, that was another side effect of my sleep. Sleep aids was that I was sleepy during too much. the day yeah. too much. Yeah. Um, so it was well, definite balancing act. Yeah. Well, I think it, it also it didn't also extend your like instead of sleeping for like going to bed at nine and waking up at like four, you were then yeah. waking up at like you know you were you were still sleeping too much at that yes. point. You know, it was, it was yes. causing you to sleep too much. I was waking much. up at six or seven. S- yeah, I eight. was going to bed at like um, you know eight, nine, mm-hmm. and waking up at like eight or nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, so I just gradually reduced my doses of that until I really just didn't need them anymore. You know, once I started getting that pattern down and um, all of that. So where are you now? Can you describe a typical day in your sleep-wake routine? Yeah, so right now it's, it's definitely... Um, a good thing. I usually go to bed about 9 p.m., um, give or take, and I wake up early around 4 a.m. So that's about that's about seven hours. Yeah, the, about like seven, hours. seven hours. And um, oh, and let me add, I also take a short nap in the afternoon, about 20 minutes. But I set my alarm. I you know I I usually sleep for 20 minutes to a half an hour. So that's like a that's like your classic power nap, right? Mm-hmm. So you don't yeah. you don't sleep for an hour or two hours after no, you're sleeping no. for twenty minutes or half an hour. And and there's there's lots of studies out there that, that do show how this, you know, power nap, uh, twenty minutes to twenty, thirty minutes in the afternoon can be helpful for anyone, not not just someone with mental illness, but uh, it's recharging, energizing, and I think we'll definitely talk about this more um, in a later episode. So um, so how consistent are you now with this schedule? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty consistent on my bedtimes, maybe less on my wake-up times, but very, very consistent on my bedtimes. And uh, even when watching a movie on Friday night for date night, as we, <laughs> yeah, as, so as we were doing last night. So. Poor, yeah, last night was, I was definitely sleepy last night, so I went to sleep at around, I think, 8 o'clock, you know, we put in a movie at <laughs> And I was done by quarter after eight. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, some nights it even gets to me on date night. Uh, but it, but I think that also brings up a good point, and we, we do talk about in our book that um, this schedule really needs to be consistent, uh, uh, not only during the weekday, right, which is you know kind of classic you know uh, scheduling day, you know mm-hmm. days for most people, but but honestly also on the weekend, right, you you don't you don't want to be you know go to bed at nine o'clock every day during the week and then. You know, and then stay up till you know one or two o'clock in the morning on, on the weekends. Obviously, there's exceptions, you know, right, special occasions, right. special parties, occasions. or things like absolutely, that. Absolutely, absolutely. But, but we have been known to leave parties. Absolutely, because yeah, I yeah. have to go to sleep. Yes, I mean we really have. You know, yeah. it's like, hey, nine o'clock hits and yeah. I am done. Turn, turn it into a pumpkin. That's turn, right. <laughs> exactly. Turn it into a pumpkin. So, yeah. um, I am definitely, uh, <laughs> I yeah. Unfortunately for Dan, I. Uh. So so what what about uh, so now you're on this schedule what what does it do what are the benefits of this sleep so we're you know we're touting this right as as a yeah, cornerstone yeah. one of the one of our five you know key yeah habits, one of our step I um, mean obviously steps, step two right yeah. what what does this do for you what, what what does it do for you and what could it do for others so um, what it does for me is I am less foggy 
Um, I have kind of that memory problem, which again, a lot of people with mental illness have. Um, we are, I am less irritable. I get more done during the day. Um, and I take pills on time and I'm just overall more stable. Yeah. And, and the taking pills more uh, on time, that's not, that's not a, a factor of your sleep necessarily, no. but it's, it's really more of a factor of your schedule, of right? My, because of my routine. Yeah. yeah you're, it's I your, it's part, it's a strong part of your routine. And it's, yeah. and I know, um, that especially at night, it's, I, I know, you know, a, a very, I mean, uh, almost every night it seems you're like, okay, you know, it's time for bed take my pills, yeah. let's, you know, let's take my pills and I'll go to bed. And, you know, so it's a very, yeah, very yeah. strong part of your, your evening routine, especially. Um, yeah, because it's, well, I think it's a, such a strong part of my routine because, uh, once again, when I take my pills, I get very sleepy and then that factors into, oh, it's time for bed. Yeah. You know. Good. So uh, I think at this point, we're going to transition uh, into talking about, you know, some tips on getting uh, a good sleep-wake schedule and, and getting enough sleep. So what advice do you have? If you were to give some advice to someone uh, trying to get on a consistent sleep-wake schedule, um, are you saying, so, you know, you mentioned that you get up at about 4 a.m. every day. Uh, is, this, uh, is this one of your recommendations to get up at 4 every day? Yes, I think the world would be a better place. No, not really. Just kidding. I'm not saying that at all. Um, the most important thing to do is just be consistent with your times. So if you uh, want to have a bedtime of 8 or 9, um, then make sure it's always 8 or 9. Yeah, and, and uh, the same thing could be said for 11, a, 11 uh, p.m. or midnight, right? Yeah. If, if you, you know, it's not bad it's not, to go to bed at 11 or midnight, no, you know, and, no. you know, but you just do it, do it the same do it time consistently, consistently mm -hmm. every single day yeah. and, and make sure once again that you're, you, you have enough time to get, get the sleep, your, get the get, sleep that you need, right? So if yes. you have to go to work in the morning, right? So, you know, most, many, you know, adults have to, uh, you know, are on day schedules. Some are not, some are on, you know, different no, shifts, no, you know, and, and, I think and we, we need to talk about that is that if you're a shift worker, um, I think you, you adjust your times, yeah. you know, if you're getting home at seven o'clock in the morning, then obviously you need to sleep at that time, right? you know, but just being consistent, like I'm going to get home, I'm going to eat breakfast and then I'm or dinner, to sleep or dinner, or whatever it <laughs> yeah, is what do you for call them. It? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, so I think that's so. The, the point being is is consistency. Um, in our habit planner, we do say that for most people, this means a bedtime of between eight p.m. and midnight, because most people do have to get up in the morning mm -hmm. for uh, either for work or or just you know to be part of, of you know the the, the normal day. Yeah. Um, so you want to go get to bed at a time that uh, gives you enough time to sleep and to get up and, and prepare, you know, uh, and, and do your routine in the morning. Um, so what? Why is this so important to have this routine, this this very consistent schedule of, the, of what time you go to bed every day? Well, it's it's important because your body has an internal clock. So, really. So that's, you're talking about your circadian rhythms, right? Yeah, yeah. So basically your lizard brain tells you to go to bed when it's dark and wake up when it's light. I mean, that is, that's basically what happens. When, when we get to the dark point of the day, our bodies tend to wind down naturally 
and um, you know wake up kind yeah. of naturally with the light. So. And and so you know so this is a, I think a really good lead in for tips number one and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we do have a couple of tips on here. So what is tip number one? Uh, so tip number one is go to bed at the same time every day. Consistency. Consistency. Yep. And and what is tip number two? Tip number two is dimming the lights and avoiding screens before bed. And these two things really go together. Uh, they're two of the most important things you can do to prepare yourself for sleep. Um, is there anything more you want to say about these? Yeah, so screen time. We talk about it in the Habit Planner. Um, I recommend you avoid screens such as TVs, phones, tablets, and computers for at least an hour before you go to bed. And this is especially important if you have trouble sleeping. Okay, that's great. Good, good, good information. And, and we've probably all heard, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, news and articles uh, lately over the last few years, especially about uh, screen time and and uh, and blue light. All right, that's another one. Yeah, you, blue you, light. You know, I know. I know a lot of people use blue light blockers on their computers, and yeah. and blue block glasses are big. Um, as a matter of fact, I got an ad for them the other day. It was blue light <laughs> blue, blockers. Yeah, blue blockers. Uh, so, what it, so besides uh, avoiding the screen, so we'll, maybe we'll talk uh, in a future episode about the difference between uh, just avoiding screens altogether and is it is okay to uh, to to have you know to have a blue blocker on your screen. Does that negate the effects uh, you know uh, of the of the wind down time? Uh, I, I think you know we'll leave that uh, argument uh, for for a later day. But uh, is there anything else uh, around this one? wind down period that you want to you know talk about yeah we also talk about tricking your brain by dimming the lights to kind of stimulate dusk for about 30 minutes before bedtime um it's just good for like i said your your lizard brain or your circadian rhythm kind of winds down at that time yeah so instead of it instead of uh, just uh you know going from bright lights and, you, and this is not your screens we're talking about. No, this no, is really no, this like is this your is your house light. lights, right? This, this is, is your house lights. Yeah, this is yeah. like tur- like dimming your house lights. So if you have a mm-hmm. dimmer, you know, like like literally dim your house lights. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have, uh, if you don't have a dimmer, you know, then turn off some lights. Maybe leave on mm-hmm. just a few. Um, yeah, and, get get dim lights beside your bedside tables. Um, you know, but yeah, it, dimming the lights is important. And uh, so so simulating dusk. Um, and, and the, you know, this is for about 30 minutes, right? So, you know, about, yeah, about, so 30, minutes. about 30 minutes before it. So maybe not necessarily the whole hour, you know, where, where you're avoiding screens, but, you know, kind of uh, that 30 minute point and, um, you know, prepare, get, getting your body to prepare itself for, for sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, so what other tips do you have for someone that might be having trouble getting to sleep or staying asleep? So yes, avoiding caffeine um, is a big one. Um, I try to avoid caffeine from I'm like maybe two thirty, three o'clock on. I think I usually say we have a three o'clock coffee time, so mm-hmm. and that's kind of my last caffeinated cup of the day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, yeah. so and we then, switch from caffeine, caffeinated coffee to to decaffeinate. To decaf. To decaf. Yeah, I mean, so we, we still do. have coffee in the evening. Yeah, you know, after, I do. After I dinner, we'd like yeah. to have a cup of coffee, yeah. but but we do decaf. Right, um, right. Avoiding soda, you know, caffeinated sodas and things right, like that. Right, right. Um, but and that's for that and that and like you said, that's for hours before. I mean, it's for for yeah, at least like the, the second half for, of the day, basically. Yeah, right? it is. Like yeah. I said, between two thirty and three, I have my last caffeinated mm-hmm, beverage mm-hmm. of the day. Um, so um, calming sounds such as ocean waves, 
forest rains, you know, um, birds, whatever, but um, just white noise in general, just that calming, yep. calming noise. So that's another, um, you know, uh, uh, sleep tip, right, is, is, you know, having that, that, um, uh, that, that uh, calming and soothing quiet noise in the background yes right? and, and and that's that could be before bed or sure, it could be sure. like while you're trying to sleep yeah, right it could be you know when you when you turn your screens off then you turn the music mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. or the net nature sounds on just to kind of give you that that overall calm effect yep. and now we'll talk about this um in a, in a later episode as well, but we do we do mention in our in our habit planner that a lot of this uh, the importance around a lot of this is the routine of going to bed. Sure, so it's it's sure. not it's not necessarily just randomly doing all these things, but having a very um, regular. Uh, process right so it, it, at this time before bed you do this and at this time before bed you mm-hmm. do that and it, and that also really helps your body your mind kind of prepare itself um, and the more you do it the easier then it becomes mm-hmm. uh, so yeah. that's a, that's a big tip so and that's it, next week's episode really yeah, yeah. daily routines daily routines self care habits yep you know we we talk about we're going to talk about that more next week is the routine and the and the um, self care that you need to be providing yeah excellent. And, and f- as far as getting these, um, uh, finding these uh, calming sounds, there's a lot of places to find that now. You can find it on Spotify if you have that, or, or various apps. You can buy, you know, you can get an app, uh, free apps for your phone yeah. that have uh, 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 calming sounds, and and even um, Google Home if you have Google Home or Alexa, uh, they both have uh, like a, a help me sleep function, and I, I believe Siri has this as well. Yeah. Um, so any other last tips uh, for winding down and and uh, preparing for bed. Yeah, so reading before bed is also a great way to kind of wind down and do some good self-improvement for the day. And and reading, you know, one of the things uh, ironically is is uh, a lot of times people have a reading on on screens, right? So is there any is there something that someone that's reading on like an iPad or a screen they can do to to help uh, minimize the effects of that? Well, I think one of the big things is blue light blockers. Yeah. Um, There are studies out there that show the blue light really, really uh, kind of interferes Mm -hmm. with that Mm -hmm. circadian rhythm again. And... um, and I think there's also um, you, you you can e- even easier maybe than the blue light blockers because I, I don't even honestly I don't even know what that would be like to put kind of put on on your you know your, oh, your, on your screen on your screen yeah, you know like yeah. a, like an iPad I know a or lot something of, yeah but iPads. I, yeah but I think the um, uh, uh, there most phones and and uh, tablets yeah, now have, have a night. Mode. Sure, a night mode. Have a yeah. night mode, and maybe you can switch that to sure. night mode, which then basically gives you a dark screen. Yeah, and and you can do that for your computers too. Oh, really? Is, oh, yeah. Okay. Is have a is have a, like night, a night mode. There's a night mode on your computers. Interesting. Yep. All right. Um, so I think that's the last thing we really needed to discuss today about. Uh, or I think the one last thing, rather, that we need to discuss is uh, sleep aids. You mentioned that you took sleep aids in the past, but now you don't. Um, what is your advice uh, on sleep aids? So, yeah, they can be helpful, as I said. I, I use them, but you do have to be careful um, because I, I really feel like you can become too reliant on them. They become a 
kind of a bad habit in themselves. So my advice is to always consult with your doctor before adding or changing any medications, even over-the-counter medications, and always work to minimize their use. Um, try to put other processes in place like I did or try to wean yourself off sleep, sleep aids over time. Excellent. Well, that's it for today's episode. We have a lot more to say on this important topic, but it will have to wait for now. Thank you, be safe, and be well. Thank you for joining us today here at Project Daily Pages. For more information on the five steps and other resources, go to www.projectdailypages.org. You can also contact us directly at liz at projectdailypages.org. We are not medical professionals. Please consult your physician before starting or changing any medications or therapies. If you or someone you love is in crisis, seek professional medical help or go to your nearest emergency room immediately. This podcast was produced by Project Daily Pages with help from Josh Rapp.